spending a lot of time in the last couple of days talking about um, the two major pieces of legislation that the NDP government introduced in regards to housing and dealing with the housing challenges. But finding a rental home without a no-pets clause has long been a challenge for tenants as well. Now, according to the BCSPCA, 25% of dogs and cats they receive are surrendered because their owners can't find pet-friendly housing. That amounts to over 1,100 pets that end up at a shelter every year. In a 2018 report, advocacy organization Pets OKBC stated that even though more pet-friendly housing is being built, much of this housing stock remains inaccessible to middle-class renters. Joining me now to talk a little bit about um, the pet prohibition here in British Columbia is Rebecca Bredder. She is an animal rights lawyer. Hello, Rebecca. Hi, Jazz. Thanks for having me. Hey, absolutely. Um, just for our audience, just walk me, walk our audience through what the present laws state here in, in British Columbia. Well, there are two main issues. One, or two main laws, I should say. One is under the Strata Property Act, which is our governing legislation, governing stratas and condominiums. And under that law here, right now, stratas are allowed to have a pet prohibition bylaw. So, in other words, they're allowed to ban pets in in the entire building. Not only restrict the number of pets, but they could have an outright ban. That's under the Strata Act, so for those who have condos. Then for people who are renting under the Residential Tenancy Act, there's a provision in there that allows uh, a tenancy agreement to prohibit pets. And it could restrict the size, the kind of pets, the number of pets, but also, like I said, prohibit pets. So in a nutshell, right now, the law in B.C. is that if the owner of a property wants to prohibit pets in their rental accommodation or in the condominium building, they can do that. Uh, What do other provinces do presently? Most, actually, sadly, I would say that many others have the same type of law, but I could say that Ontario, for the last number of years has repealed that legislation and at least when it comes to rental properties and in Ontario you're not allowed having a prohibition on pets so renters cannot be denied a rental accommodation on the basis of having a pet and so here you know let me just put this also in context Mm -hmm. is because I know the the argument so first of all I think it's it's fairly clear (laughs) that I'm totally against this prohibition. I I don't think this prohibition on pets should exist. And one of the main arguments I often hear is, well, what about people who are allergic? Or what about me being a property owner? I should have the right to do what I want with my own property. Mm -hmm. And those are two legitimate arguments. However, we really, really need to be looking at the context. The context being that in Canada, I don't know what the statistics are in BC, I'd love to see the, the latest ones, but in Canada, as of between 2020 and 2022, mm-hmm. there, and this is an Ipsos Reed poll, actually Connecticut, formerly Ipsos, but about 60% of Canadian households have at least one dog or one cat. That's over the mid- half of the population or half of the households in this country have at least one dog or one cat. And it's no secret that during COVID, the number of people who have adopted or bought companion animals has increased. And there could be a number of reasons why that's happened. But the point is that companion animals are here to stay. We live in a society where people are increasingly having cats and dogs. They consider them their family members. Dare I say that they are just as important as any other family member to many people 
And that is not going to change anytime soon. So the government really, if the government is talking, first of all, I want to commend them on, on taking really good steps and trying to address the housing crisis in the province. I think it's, they're, they're, they're taking, definitely taking a step in the right direction. But it just infuriates me, I won't hide that, <laughs> that any discussion on a comprehensive housing plan to deal with our housing crisis in this province needs to include a, a serious discussion about companion animals, given the number of people who have pets. But if someone, and, and you, I know you've raised this issue, but if someone has a property and just aren't comfortable with a dog or a cat, may not like the way mm-hmm. they smell, and it, it may not be fair, but it is their property, should they not have the right to say no? Uh, and look, I know you can put a deposit down, uh, and you may be reasonable mm-hmm. people, but your idea of cleanliness probably doesn't meet my idea of cleanliness, and it's my property, and I should have a right to say no. Yeah, you know what, and, and I hear that argument. I'm a property owner myself, and and I could see that people could have a number of different reasons, whether it's allergies, whether they've had a traumatic incident with a dog, let's say, right, and they just don't want to have a dog on their property. But I would say that's the minority of people, and we have to be looking at the facts. And the facts as they are today and as they have been over the last few years is that the majority of households have companion animals. That's not going in a way. That's, that, that's staying right here. And so regardless of... What the government does, there will always be people who will be unhappy, who will be mad, but we have to be trying to do our best. And trying to do our best has to involve getting rid of this pet prohibition. At the very least, I would say, to start with getting rid of this when it comes to buildings like condominiums um, or or multi-level type of, of housing. So at least start there and then, and then, t- and then take it from there. But I don't know, I don't have a perfect answer right now. But what I could say is that it is so hard for people with companion animals to find housing when they're renting. The number of cases I have and, and, and calls I get, it's unbelievable. And so people often resort to, I shouldn't say often, but many times they resort to saying that their companion animal is, is an emotional support animal. Mm-hmm. And well, sometimes that is true, and sometimes, you know, it's a bit gray, whether the animal really is an emotional support animal or if they're just saying that in order to uh, to be able to strengthen their argument that they're being discriminated against on the basis of health. Well, very interesting topic. Uh, you can stick around for a few more minutes, Rebecca. Yeah, I'd love to. Oh, great. And give us a call on the open line. If, if, if you're a landlord, give us a call in regards to some of your concerns. If you're a tenant, I want you to want you to share your stories as well in regards to finding a place. Let's go to Willie in Port Moody. Hi, Willie. Hello, Jeff. My comment is that David Evie is missing half of the equation. He actually needs to ensure that landlords have some additional protections if he's going to remove those protections. So, for example, I had a tenant with a cat in a basement area. The cat caused so much damage with urine into drywall and into flooring. It was in the thousands of dollars to repair. And cat urine is not an easy odor to remove. Did did you you have... You had had a damaged deposit for the pet? You can only ask a half a month damaged deposit. You know how little that covers? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's, that's the part that I think is missing. It's the same with you're saying, well, you're going to allow, um, no one can restrict anyone from moving in. 
However, there's no, it, he just glibly said, well, people, if they have problems, can go to the tenancy board. It is a nightmare process Willie, to go through that. Yeah, Willie, you, you, thank you so much for your call. Uh, I've heard that from uh, previous callers on this show today. Yes. Uh, Rebecca, your thoughts. Uh, what do they do in Ontario? Do you, do you pay an extra pet deposit? Well, there could be a deposit, but also let me just address our, our BC issue here. First of all, Willie, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about her bad experience. I'm a landlord, too. I'm a homeowner and also a landlord, too, a pet-friendly one. Luckily, we've had mainly good experiences. We had a couple of bad ones, but it's just like any other issue. You will have good people. You will have bad people, irresponsible, responsible. People always are able to resort. I know I'm not saying it's easy, but banning pets should not be based on the fact that there are some irresponsible people out there or that some people will unfortunately experience what Willie just did. The law exists there that you could take either civil action against these people. You could go to the residential tenancy branch. I could hear people scoffing at me now through the radio like, oh, that's so difficult. I get it. Again, I'm a landlord myself, too. I get it. It's not easy. But that is not a reason to deny more than half the population who are really trying to find housing with pets and can't find so. And it is part of the housing crisis. There's just there's no there's no doubt about that. Let's go to uh, Bernie and Langley. Hi, Bernie. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, what's on your mind? Well, um, I, well I, I'm from uh, originally uh, uh, Alberta, and uh, I had an apartment building, and we had a lady that was, uh, she had cats. She had about two cats, and we were fine with that. We, but in the end, when she moved out, I discovered that the cat, she had opened the, uh, an access door under the bathtub uh, for the faucet for emergency uh, shutoff. She took the, the, the access panel off and her cat were going peeing in there. And you know, like, uh, it's like this, uh, the other uh, uh, person was talking about, just go to the landlord and tenant act. Yeah, it is a joke. Because the worst that's going to happen, they're going to tell me, okay, well, they're going to tell the tenant you have to pay so much. But then it's up to me to sue her to get the money. Mm-hmm. Because the landlord the next will not do anything about it. I have to hire somebody uh, to get the money for me, and that's going to extra cost. Yeah, Bernie, and, thank uh, you, thank you for your call. I appreciate that, Rebecca. I mean, I I think there's some legitimacy there that whether it's the hiring yeah. of more people, it, it is a frustrating process uh, in oh, regards yeah. to dealing with them, and, and perhaps there could be Absolutely. just more more people hearing from landlords or tenants, whatever it may be. And just so these these types of cases don't take so long and aren't so bureaucratic. Right, exactly. But let me just say, for all these two calls that we got right now, Mm -hmm. there are many, many other people who are renting out their place, landlords who are renting out their place, people living in condos with pets, who are great, responsible pet owners and don't have any issue. I'm I'm certainly not saying that everything's going to be perfect and everyone's going to get along. And no, you're obviously going to have some some trouble. You're obviously going to have some experiences like these people. But again, that is not a reason to deny the the majority of the population the ability to find housing with their furry family members. If this were to go ahead, uh, could a landlord basically say, okay, only one dog or only one cat, you can't have two dogs or three cats, or do we open up a new can of worms when we say, you're allowed to have pets and people can't ban them, but don't we open up the other part of the issue, which is, wait a minute, I want two dogs or I want two cats or three cats. Yeah, well, that, that's that's kind of the way it is now with 
some stratas, pet-friendly stratas, right, where they are, they're supposedly pet-friendly, but they limit the number, the size, the, the height, the weight, you know, like all these things. So I guess, as they say, the, 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 you'll see how it goes in the details. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the government right now, I have just been venting my frustrations recently because I haven't heard a peep out of the government um, dealing with companion animals in housing. And I really, really do believe that it is part of the housing crisis and it needs to be at the very least discussed. So thank you for the opportunity to do this. <laughs> it, it's certainly part of the conversation. It <laughs> is. It is. And, I, and I, I do understand there are many, many uh, British Columbians uh, who do have pets and are looking for rentals. And it is frustrating. And at the same time, you do have to listen to landlords as well who have legitimate uh, concerns as well. Rebecca, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Jess. Have a good afternoon. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone. And for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.